Welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am your host, Kristen Goodman. I am a certified life coach and a mother to three teens and a tween. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens yet keep firm boundaries? Did you know that you can do all of this without yelling and feeling frustrated? Here in this podcast, you'll find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's go. Hey everyone, it's Kristen and I am excited to talk to you about parenting shame today. Are you ready to talk about some shame? Do you ever question whether you're a good enough mom or do you ever think you know, the answer to that question is no, I'm not a good enough mom. It's easy to look at other moms around us, other kids around us, and wonder, okay, they seem to be doing all of the right things, and I know what it looks like in my house. My house doesn't look like that. My kids don't act that way. You feel some parenting shame. You feel some shame. You're not good enough. You failed in some way, and it feels terrible. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But first, I have to t- I have to tell you and ask you if you have ever tried Sweet Tarts ropes. I didn't realize that this was a thing, that there was a new candy that I didn't know about, and it is so good. So if you ha- have you had these Sweet Tart ropes? If you haven't, I've seen them at Walmart and Walgreens. Um, I actually had to get a birthday gift for someone and they said that their favorite candy was sweetheart's ropes and I'm like I don't I don't know what that is and um I have seen like the nerds ropes and you know the long licorice ropes but I had no idea what sweetheart's ropes were and so I asked my daughter and she said oh my gosh those are so good and so I thought man I I don't I've been living under a rock or something I don't know what this is so I went on the hunt because I had to get them for this gift. I found them at Walgreens because Walgreens typically has that big aisle of candy. And, um, but I've since seen them at Walmart. So of course I'm going to start noticing them everywhere, but I had no idea what they were. And they're like a really yummy licorice with like a chewy feeling inside. They're kind of tart, like a sweet tart, but sweet. So good. If I prefer sweet candy over chocolate, I don't know. I feel like you're either in the chocolate category where you love everything chocolate or you like the sweet. I like the sweet. So there's that. All right. So now, now let's talk about parenting shame. So most of the parents that I, well, all of the moms that I coach, all of my clients, we've all questioned this, myself including, included, are we a good enough mom? And ultimately, it comes down to this thought. And this thought was the light bulb thought that I had when I was being coached myself and I had a coach and I'm questioning my thoughts and I'm taking a look at my thoughts and trying to redirect my thoughts. I'm noticing the thoughts are the, are the thoughts that are causing me the most pain in my life. And I just remember when this thought came to me, it was like a light bulb. It was like it just appeared in my head. And I thought, that is why I am suffering so much. It's because of this thought that I can control and that I am responsible for everything that happens in my kid's life. 
I didn't go around thinking that. So as my kids were growing up, it wasn't like I am responsible for everything that happens to them, so I better do this and this and this. I wasn't thinking, oh, I can control everything, so I better try. It wasn't an obvious thought, but subconsciously, that was the thought that was there. And when I recognized it, I was like, of course I'm not responsible for everything that happens in their life. I mean, not, no one is responsible for anyone else. Of course I want to be a good mom, but that doesn't mean I'm responsible for it because I can't control it, right? I mean, we know that we have our own free agency. So the fact that we know we have our own free agency means that we can't control and we don't have that responsibility placed on us. God didn't place that responsibility on us when he gave us these children and said, you are now responsible for everything that happens in that child's life. You better do a good job or you will be a failure. Like when you really look at that and question it, you realize it's not true, but we yet we hold on to it very tightly because we want to be responsible. If we're responsible for and we can control, then somehow it makes sense that we can control the outcome, that we, it feels good to have control. Our brains want to have control over the things in our life. And when we can't control it, it feels scary and it can create anxiety, which sometimes makes us want to control and hold tighter more and it creates more suffering. So I just remember having that thought and it being like a light bulb moment and it just made sense. Like, oh, no wonder why I've struggled so much when I've felt out of control, when I feel like my kids aren't listening or when I'm sharing something you know, all of the wisdom of a parent, I'm sharing that with my kids and they're not, they're not having that same light bulb moment themselves and going, oh yeah, mom, you're right. And so it all made sense why I wanted them to do that and they weren't. And so I'm feeling so much anxiety over it. Like I'm not doing it right. But that's what I want you to question. You are doing it exactly right. There's no one right way. So if one way doesn't work, then we know we can try another way. It doesn't have to be a problem. No matter what your child is struggling with or what they're going through, no matter what you are going through, it doesn't have to be a problem. Now, just because it's not a problem doesn't mean you don't need to find solutions, but it doesn't need to be a problem. Does that make sense? So if it's a problem and you're like, oh my gosh, this is such a problem, I have to solve it. It creates a feeling of urgency, at least for me. It creates a feeling of urgency and a need, like I'm responsible for fixing this problem, right? But if it's not a problem, this is just life. This is how we learn and grow. It doesn't mean I'm not gonna offer my kids help, but I'm not responsible to fix it. There's a difference. It's a huge difference in how you talk to your kids, in how you respond to your kids, and how you show up. When you feel responsible for fixing it, you are going to act a certain way. You're going to say things in a certain way, and typically those things aren't going to be received well because I know from my own life when people tell me what to do, I'm like, no, 
if I feel like I'm struggling and someone's like, well, you just need to do this. I'm like, no, I want to struggle, right? When we feel like there's a problem, like think about if you're married and you just want your husband to listen to you and you're upset about something and he's like, oh, it's no big deal. Don't worry about that. You're not just like, oh, okay. (laughs) You want to be upset about it. Our kids are the same way. If they're upset, they want to be upset. If they are struggling and they don't know how to get themselves out of the struggle, they need to figure that out. And so how I found is the best way to do that is not to feel like I'm responsible for fixing it and that I can even control it, but I'm the mom and I'm there to love them and support them the best that I can. So as my kids have gotten older, sometimes that looks like It looks like you're having a hard time. I am so sorry. That must be so hard. I'm here if you need me. If you want help with that, if you want to talk about it, I'm here. But it it doesn't sound like a lot of advice. It doesn't sound like a lot of judgment. And what I have found as I've as I've communicated with to my kids like this is that they do open up. Or if they don't open up, guess what they are left with? They are left with their own brains and their own self to figure out a solution, which means typically they will find help. They will ask for help. It might not be from you, but it will be for someone. And I want you then in those times to look for evidence of how your child is doing. You're going to be watchful and mindful. If your kids are in their room and you don't know where they are or you haven't seen them all day and they've just been in their room all day, Of course, you're going to want to check in on them. Say, hey, what's up? How are you? I haven't seen you all day. But it doesn't mean that, so I'm saying it doesn't mean you're just going to ignore them and pretend there's not a problem and everything's great, but it just means you're going to let them figure it out. So however that will look like for you, as you you think clearly about it, you don't feel responsible for their problems. You don't feel like you can control their problems. Other ideas will open up to you. What if it isn't a problem at all? What if this is something that they are totally capable of solving? How could that be true? And you just start to question and be thoughtful and confident as a mom yourself. Offer up solutions when you can. Just be there to help and support. I saw a really cool Instagram story. I don't know who it was from or who wrote this. Um, or if it was made up, I don't know, but what it said was, I'm going to pull it up right now. I'm going to read it to you. My teen daughter is spending more time in her room and less time on the couch with her family and it's hard. So last night I knocked on her door and brought in some snacks. I sat down on her bed beside her and we talked for an hour about her weekend and Netflix and what she had coming up in school. And before I wore out my welcome, I gathered our trash and left. But I felt so good about that time we spent together. It reminded me again to meet our teens where they are at, not where we want them to be. I loved that because that mom right there wasn't trying to fix her teen daughter. She wasn't trying to get her teen out of her room off her phone. There was no problem to be solved. The only thing that mom needed to do was connect with her daughter. And she did. So if that is your goal, to connect with your children, 
whatever it is that they're struggling with. And that's why I say, what if it wasn't a problem? Because when it's a problem, it feels urgent and our teens are going to pick up. Like they have those spidey senses. They're going to pick up when what they just know, when we're, when we have an agenda for them, when we want them to change. And so surprise your teen, let go of your agenda and just connect with them. What would that look like for you? Okay, now sometimes we can influence our children and we can make them feel better. But what I wanna offer to you today is that the reason why your children feel better and the reason why they are making the choices they are making isn't because of you. It is because of their own thoughts that are creating their feelings and driving their actions. Just like our thoughts create our feelings, drive our actions, our children have the same model. Their thoughts create their feelings. And so this will be helpful because sometimes you will say something that will help them to feel better. But really, they're just thinking thoughts that allow themselves to feel better. And this will be good because then you don't have to say the right thing all the time. It's just like a bonus. It's like, oh, good. (laughs) When you said something that resonated with one of your children and it helped them feel better, it's like, awesome but it's not gonna be that way all the time. And you're not responsible for saying the right thing all the time because your children have their own thoughts about it and we can't control their thoughts. We can just do the best that we can. Just like sometimes you can get a treat or buy your kids a treat and they feel better, you know? But that doesn't work all the time and it's not like you would wanna do that all the time. You can't give your child a treat every time they're sad, which means even if it would always help, right? So even if every time you, your child was sad, you gave them a treat, they would feel better. You don't want to always give them a treat every time they're sad, right? You know that that's not going to help, help them or it'll cause other problems in other areas, right? And so kind of think about that. If you wanted your child to feel better every single time, you could, you could buy them something. I know as with my teens, sure, I could, hey, I'll take you shopping. I'll buy you whatever you want. Every time they're upset, every time they're mad, I could make them feel better if I wanted to, right? That would be pretty easy, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend the money. I don't want to, I don't want to give them something every time that they feel bad. So is it really, do I really want to make them happy every single time that they're upset? I really don't. If I did, I think I could. I would just have to buy them something. I don't know, just something I was thinking about. So decide that it's okay for your children to have their own thoughts. I mean, they don't need our permission. They just have their own thoughts that are creating their feelings. But in your mind, think the most loving thing you can do is to allow your children to think and feel however they want to. Even if sometimes that sounds rude and disrespectful. So stay with me here. Your children are going to say things, they're going to do things that are going to make you have thoughts about it. Like that is so disrespectful. That is so rude. And maybe you want to keep that thought. I'm not saying you need to think positively about everything or think nothing is a big deal. But this is where the parenting shame comes in. When they say something that you think is rude or disrespectful and you start to think, oh my gosh, I haven't taught them. My child shouldn't say that. Look at them over there. They're so, those kids would never say that to their, to their parents. Um, 
you start feeling that parenting shame. You start feeling like you did something wrong because your child said that, when that isn't true. Your children are doing the things that they're doing because they are feeling a certain way, because they are thinking thoughts. And so when you know this and your child says something that you know you feel is rude or disrespectful, you know that it is because of how they are thinking and how they are feeling. So instead of taking it personally and thinking, oh my gosh, it's all about me, what did I do? You can put it back on your child. What are you thinking that made you say that? How are you feeling that made you say that? Why are you, why did you say that? You get more curious about them and their behavior than about what you did to create it because you didn't create it. Their thoughts and their feelings did. So then you stop taking it personally, which will help alleviate a lot of that shame. Because ultimately, and I love my clients that I, that I um, coach, and I was talking to one of them, the amazing moms today, and we were talking about how sometimes things are just hard. Our, especially the older our kids get, sometimes they really do struggle, and it is just hard. And it's not like we want to coach ourselves out of it to a place where it doesn't matter or a place where it's easy or it feels good. That's not the goal. Sometimes it just is hard. But the difference in coaching and thought work and understanding that our thoughts are creating our feelings, it's making this choice and this decision that we are thinking a thought that this is hard and that's okay because it is, because it is hard, because we don't wanna watch our child struggle, and that's okay. And then we don't get into the dirty pain that sounds like it's not fair, we did something wrong to create this, there's something wrong with our child and they should be different. We don't think that, because that makes it harder. So then you're thinking, this is hard, this is unfair, I did something to create this, my child shouldn't be this way. Okay, that's not hard. That's hard plus shame, plus frustration, plus anger, plus despair, right? So I want you to stay in, in this thought when it gets hard, that this is just hard. This is just life. This is just parenting teens. This is just a difficult time. It's hard and it's okay. And it's because I'm thinking thoughts that this is hard and that's what I wanna think right now. And what does it feel like? It feels like worry, feels like anxiety, and it feels heavy in my stomach, it feels tight. What does that feel like in your body? And that's all that's happening. You're feeling a feeling, you're thinking a thought that this is hard and it's okay. And then you can just sit there. You don't add on the shame, you don't feel like you need to fix anything. You don't feel responsible for anything. It doesn't mean you don't take actions that will help, but your actions will be different from that place than they are when you feel like you need to fix it and when you feel like something is wrong. Nothing is wrong. Everything is just as it should be. You are the best parent for your teen. Your teen is doing the best that they can. How can that be true? Think about that. I really, the goal here always is to connect with your teen, to build a strong relationship with them, not to change them and not to fix them. They can do that. They, or you can get some outside help if you need it 
through therapists, medication if it needs be, but you're not responsible to fix it. You're just responsible to be their mom, to connect, to love them. What if that was your only responsibility? What would change? What would you stop doing if your only responsibility was to love and support your teenager? All right, I got kind of heavy at the end. I didn't really plan on that, but we're all in different places. Some of us are struggling with children that have mental illnesses or that are really having a hard time. This past year, they were home and um, they're not socializing and, and things are just different. Um, I don't, so I don't know where you're at with your teens, but wherever you are, I want you to just love your teens so much. They need you, they want you. And go, go help them out. Go show them some love. All right, you guys, have a great week. If uh, you have any questions for me, you can send me an email. Go to my website, kristengoodmancoaching.com. I'm pretty good at checking my email over there. I love the DMs that I have been getting, asking questions, and, and just... Um, communicating that way with me. It's fun to connect and engage that way. And then for those who have left reviews and subscribed to the podcast, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I hope you all have a wonderful week and we will talk at you next week. Thanks for listening to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am so grateful you're here. I'm excited to announce that my most requested training is available to you right now for free. Grab my How to Avoid a Power Struggle with Your Teen over on my website, kristengoodmancoaching.com. Simply click on the here's how button and you'll be in. Interested in working with me one-on-one? I've got a four-week intro course to self-coaching that you won't want to miss. Find more info at kristengoodmancoaching.com forward slash self-coaching mastery. Thanks again for listening. Remember, you are the best parent for your team. Talk to you soon.